my dear brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, to welcome you to this week's edition of the St. Jude Parish Chat, uh, Chatter. I'm here with Deacon Joe, of course. Hello, Deacon Joe. Howdy. Are you all ready for Lent to start this Rex? I'm Rex getting week? pretty close. Yeah? Yeah. Me too. I've given it a little bit of thought. I, I look upon Ash Wednesdays of the past and Lent's of the past, and often I do um, a lot of the same pattern. So uh, one of the things I've gotten into in the last 10 years or so is doing an all-liquid diet on Ash Wednesday. So I don't take anything solid, but I take in lots of, of fluids and lots of water. And um, actually, I feel like it's a healthy Ash Wednesday. I had a friend yeah. in the seminary who would uh, drink no water and eat nothing, just nulla pororum, as they say, would take in nothing wow. for all of Ash Wednesday, from sunrise to sunset, he used to say. And I think it's a little more aggressive than I would um, encourage people to be, but we should make some sort of a sacrifice. That's it. That's it. I definitely sacrifice. And, and I tend to be one of those that uh, uh, I agree that the sacrifice, but I also think it's important to be uh, proactive during Lent. So a lot of times mm -hmm. when people say, well, uh, not necessarily what you're giving up, but what are you going to do for Lent? Mm -hmm. What are you going to expand with yeah. your life yeah. for Lent? That should be a part of everybody's reflection in the midst of these days. Not just what am I going to give up, but what am I going to give yeah. to the exactly. Lord? Yeah, exactly. Do you have memories from Ash Wednesdays that have gone by and yeah, interesting things that have happened? I do. Tell us um, some. In my old parish in Texas, uh, we would uh, do a uh, 1210 Liturgy of the Word service, and that was always pretty well attended because we were, our parish was pretty centrally located, so we got a lot of folks uh, who uh, would take their lunch break and come. And then uh, uh, we also did a, uh, uh, the last couple of years, we did a 4 o'clock Liturgy of the Word service because several of the schools got out at like 3.45, or I guess it was at 4.10, not 4 o'clock. And some of them got out at 3.45, some of them got out at 4. So we got a lot of the, the school families that would come in and participate in the service. I remember going to uh, Ash Wednesday Mass when I was a kid, but we would go in the morning. And so I would get my ashes yeah. in the morning and I'd have them all day long. Oh, yeah. And I discovered a lot of my Catholic friends were going at night and they didn't have to show their ashes all throughout the day. Right, right. right. And then you got all those people that say, hey, you got something on your head. <laughs> that's, that's right. I had an orthodontist when I was a, in high school and he was a Mormon. And so there I go to the orthodontist with my ashes on, on my head. And he knew what it was, but it was obviously foreign to him. He didn't, he didn't have any sense of why are, why are we doing this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is interesting. You see a lot more uh, Protestant churches. I know the Methodists celebrate, a lot of Methodists celebrate yeah. Ash Wednesday, and a lot of Lutherans do. Uh, we did have one kind of a comical group in a, over on the island in Galveston that would uh, do drive-by ashes. They would stand on the esplanade in front of their church on Ash Wednesday and do ashes. So. so it's catching on with all of the, the Protestants. On some yeah. level, we know that we need to repent and turn to the gospel. Yeah. We need to do something intense every once in a while of being better. And Ash Wednesday gives us the outward sign of that individual, uh, internal reality. Exactly. The outward sign is the ashes, but the internal reality is something isn't quite right inside. We need to get things even better between us and God. Well, speaking of, of doing things for, uh, for uh, Lent, uh, we have a great opportunity because our sponsor this week is our St. Jude Lenten Parish Mission. It's coming up this yeah, weekend. It is. It's going to be February 18th and 19th at 6.30 p.m. in the church. And our guest speaker is a Father Matthew Maxwell. And his topic is, Do This in Memory of Me, A Deeper Look at the Greatest Gift Left, left to the Church, the Eucharist. 
Father Matthew has a deep devotion to the Holy Eucharist, and this is the year of Eucharistic revival. Exactly. So we asked him if he would please come to our parish and, and offer the mission for us. He's a um, high school chaplain in San Diego, California. That's his current assignment within his religious order. So as a result, his time is limited. So we start on Sunday night right. and Monday night. Those are the two nights for our mission. And I know in uh, other places they may have done Monday and Tuesday, but that's not what we're doing here. We've got to get him back to school on Tuesday. Right. So it's Monday, uh, Sunday night and Monday night. So you heard Deacon Joe's dates, right? Tell us the numbers again. Which dates? The uh, February 18th and 19th, and both nights begin at 6.30 p.m. in the church. Father Matthew Maxwell. Wonderful. Thank you, Deacon Joe. Now sure. let's go to the gospel. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. A leper came to Jesus and kneeling down, begged him and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched him and said to him, I do will it, be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately and he was made clean. Then warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. He said to him, See that you tell no one anything, but go show yourself to the priest and offer your cleansing, offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming to him from everywhere. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. First, it impresses me that the leper came to the Lord Jesus. Normally, the lepers are outside of the community. Yeah. And they are not going to be able to approach anybody. That They're supposed to keep themselves at a distance and, and say, unclean, unclean is what they have to shout out. But this, this leper came to our blessed Lord. So he has some courage and some um, confidence that this is not a regular man in right. Jesus Christ. This is a, a God-man. This is something different from all the others. Leprosy is a, a disease that has not gone away from the world. I remember visiting with a missionary probably 10 years ago who was working in a third world country, and she explained that there is still leprosy there. Mm -hmm. um, if I remember correctly, she said it's bacterial-based. And so this disease is, uh, can be spread. It's contagious to go from one person to another. And so third world countries have a, more of a tendency to have leprosy than what we see here in the United States. They changed the name, though. Is it called Hansen's? Um, that Hansen's sounds disease. right. Yeah. So they don't call it leprosy just because of the, of the connotations that everybody has with it. But they have a different name. But it's the same bacteria that does continue to, to affect people. And she explained to me, people don't actually have pieces of their bodies that fall off. The body just absorbs um, all of the nutrients and minerals from a finger, for example, and just gets pulled back into the body if it's untreated. Mm. But they have many treatments to be able to at least slow the effects of, of leprosy with people. And I remember that, that one of the, the, the big things with Jesus' healing, that was not only the physical healing, but the restoration of the people mm -hmm. to back to their communities, their ability to be back. Because, like you said, they were... Uh, made to be separate from the from the community, you know, to live outside, to live separate. And this brought them back into that uh, community. Many times they were able to, leap, to return to their 
families or towns or whatever. So that was very important. For that Notice part. that when the man asks our Lord to be healed, he doesn't come out and say, I want you to heal me. He says, I want you to make me clean. Yeah. If you wish, you can make me clean. And that cleanliness is what you're describing as to what he wants. He wants to be united with the community. He wants to be made clean. It's the unclean elements that's pushed him away from the community. And now he wants to be made clean. Right. And that's his appeal to our blessed Lord is to be made clean. And our Lord has pity on him. And it doesn't seem to indicate because he's a leper that he had pity on him. It's because he wants to be made clean. He is separated from the community. Yeah. That's why, as a pastor, it's so shocking to me that anybody would want to be separated from the community. That on Sunday mornings, people would go skiing instead of uh, coming to church. Yeah. They want to be away from the community. And for most of human history, that was unheard of. You would participate in the life of the community. Mm -hmm. It's just a part of our nature to want to be a part of the life of the community. We live in weird times where people <laughs> live in these silos. They have isolated themselves from others. They want to be like the leper and to be, um, not to be unclean, but to be separated from the community of all the effects of being unclean without themselves being unclean. Yeah, it's just, it's just, uh, it's, it's an amazing uh, take on things sometimes because mm -hmm. Uh, that, that community is, is so important. Yeah. And even when our Lord goes to heal him, he says, I do will it be made clean. Yeah. He doesn't say, I do will it, I'm going to cure your leprosy. Mm -hmm. He says, I do will that you be made clean. I will that you become a part of the larger community and that you, and that you be worthy of participating in this life of the community. And um, it left him immediately. The, the leprosy left him immediately, it says. Uh, yeah. A miracle cure. Yeah, and you see that in Mark's gospel that things happen really quick, mm -hmm. you know, that, that immediacy of it. So. Yeah. St. John Chrysostom says something interesting. He writes in about the year 370 A.D. He sa says, commenting on this cleansing that takes place for this, this leper, if Jesus cleansed him merely by willing it and by speaking it, why did he also add the touch of his hand? For no other reason, it seems to me, than that he might signify that by this he was not under the hand of the law, but the law is in his hands. He touched the leper to signify that he heals not as a servant, but as the Lord. Our Lord has his own authority. He has authority yeah. that goes beyond Deuteronomy, the, which would have commanded him to not touch this leper. Right. He is showing that by my own authority, that the one who wrote the law in Deuteronomy, I am that authority, I am the word. And he presents himself as one that would heal, heal this leper. And that touch is so important because you think of how people you care about or care about you touch you, like a, a mom or a grandma or somebody touching you on the cheek, you know. So again, it's that connection for that community. In our uh, uh, commentary, that word of the Lord we've talked about over the past few weeks too, they have a... Uh, a really uh, nice commentary on, on this gospel. And one of the paragraphs says, The real leprosy is not external, but internal. What keeps us separate from communion with God and others is not something outside of ourselves. It says, Christ's presence in the Eucharist, if we have faith, is able to change us. And change us this, and this weekend and to heal the disease inside, to give us the love that thinks not of our own benefit, but that of the many who surround us, our spouses, our children, our parents, our fellow parishioners, co-workers, uh, you know, all those who need our love and healing 
that comes from Jesus. Amen, brother. That that leprosy that is within is present for all of us. This, yeah. we, the larger word for that would be sin. Mm-hmm. Whether it's personal sin or the effects of original sin, something's gone wrong with uh, the world, our lives, and we call that sin. And the Lord Jesus came to heal all sin. He came to be the conqueror of sin and death. And he puts sin to death upon the cross. And then he tells this, um, this leper who's now been healed, go and tell no one. And what does the leper do? He tells everybody about it. Everybody. It says, the man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad. So um, this is a part of our call as well, that when we have experienced healing, when we've experienced the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, we don't keep it to ourselves, we go and tell others. I've heard the theory that that was like reverse psychology is why Jesus had the messianic secret, as it's called, don't tell anybody about this. It was so that you would go and tell somebody or go deep into your heart and from your heart, share with others the healing that you have experienced. And this leper gives us the example of how to do that. If you've been cleansed, if you've received a gift from God, it's not for yourself. It's for the upbuilding of the church. Right. Every gift we receive is for the upbuilding of his church to help us grow closer to God and to build that community with others and the people around us. Well, very good. Just, just wonderful, wonderful reflection on the gospel for this week. Well, Father, would you extend God's blessing for uh, us today? Absolutely sure. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.